Welcome to Kindred Voices, a podcast brought to you by PA Kin Connector. I'm your co-host, Tia Maria. And I'm your co-host, Candy. Okay, Tia Maria, let's bring on our special guest for this episode. All right, thanks, Candy. Well, today we would like to welcome not just one, but two guests from Central Pennsylvania Food Bank. Today we have Joe Arthur, who is the executive director, and we also have Tara Davis, who's the director of agency engagement and programs. So what we want to start off asking is, Joe, what exactly do you do? Well, uh, as the executive director, I'm the chief executive officer at the food bank and uh, also our uh, chief ambassador, if you will. And um, we actually have a pretty sizable uh, operation here. So uh, myself and my leadership team, of which uh, Tara is part of that, uh, really direct all of the uh, areas of work at the food bank, uh, which is pretty extensive. Um, so um, I work for a board of directors, an independent board of directors, um, as the uh, chief executive, and those uh, directors are volunteers from the community. They are effectively my boss. Um, so we have a staff of over 120 people, so uh, we have quite a bit going on here at the Food Bank. Okay, great. Thank you. And Tara, what do you do? Well, thanks for asking, Tia Maria. Um, so my responsibility at the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank is to oversee our partners um, and programs. So we have over 1,300 um, programs that are um, consist of traditional partners, such as your soup kitchens, food pantries, emergency shelters. But we also have programming that is specific to different demographics, um, programming that uh, focuses on seniors, youth programs, mobile distributions um, for the for military um, families, and then we also do uh, SNAP um, outreach to provide additional food assistance and the ability to, to shop in the grocery store for those that we serve. Wow, I didn't realize you had min- that many programs. That's pretty amazing. Um, So how many specific counties do you service? Well, we uh, we serve essentially the whole Susquehanna Valley in Pennsylvania. Uh, So that's, uh, we have 27 counties, um, pretty long list, uh, which I know we've provided separately. Uh, But essentially, if anybody is in in the Susquehanna Valley, um, then uh, reach out to us if if you need any kind of food assistance or uh, some of the other programs that, that Tara described. Uh, and I also want to th- thank you, Tia Maria and Candy, and also thank um, all of the, the listeners um, that work with Kin Connector. Uh, we, we think that's really amazing work, and we believe that there is some pretty significant crossover uh, with uh, the families that we serve and the families that you serve. So we're really thrilled to be on today and share, uh, share what we can with, uh, with, the, with the Kin Connector folks. Thank you. Well, thank you. We we really appreciate that. But, you know, of course, given the task of our organization, we can't do our jobs without organizations like you. So we are very grateful for what you do as well. Um, so kind of give us a sense of, you know, if so, so we work with kinship families and if we have kinship families, typically it's going to be a grandmother taking care of her grandchildren. So if they have a need for, you know, food assistance, kind of what are the requirements and and what are they, 
what process will they have to go through if they come to Central Pennsylvania Food Bank for assistance? Yeah, I think I'm going to turn that right to Tara since she is in charge of all of our, our programs and our relationships with our partner organizations. So, uh, Tara? Yeah, great. Thanks, Joe. Um, well, I would say the easiest way to um, get connected with our services would be to call our facility directly. Um, and, and we'll have that information, I know, on your website, but it, you know, our main number is 717-564-1700. Um, and what our team actually will do is um, talk with that household to determine what their needs are. Um, because we have such a large service territory, we re rely heavily on our partners to serve their community. Um, so we'll provide the food um, to be able to stock their shelves, um, but then, you know, it's the, the food, the, the traditional partners and programs that really are the ones that serve the communities, provide food on a regular basis. Um, so immediately we will find um, a uh, location for them to go get food in a regular basis. Um, we'll also have that conversation with that household to determine, you know, if they have children and what kind of youth programming um, would be appropriate for them and available for them in their area. Um, if they're a senior and they qualify for our senior food box program, uh, we'll make sure that they get connected with a location uh, where they would be able to pick up a box of food on, on a monthly basis. Um, and then we also will make sure that they're receiving any kind of government bene food benefits that they could be eligible for, um, specifically um, speaking about the SNAP um, program, which is formerly known as food stamps. Some folks might be a little more familiar uh, with that, but we actually have a team um, at the Central PA Food Bank that will do everything over the phone for them as far as the SNAP um, program goes. We have an application um, assistance program. Uh, we do a, a short screening um, to see what their eligibility can look like. And then if it looks as though they are eligible, we go ahead and help them uh, apply for those benefits. Um, once that application is completed, then we actually submit it to the county assistance office for them, help walk them through each and every step um, to make sure that they do receive those benefits that are needed. So when you talk about the partner organizations that you have, and then you're also affiliated with SNAP, like are the partner organizations private or are they also overseen by the government? And then how do you determine whether someone is eligible for SNAP, which is government, right? Versus mm -hmm. the private. Um, right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, Tia Maria. Um, so, you know, there's a number of, it, it can get a little, a little dicey, right? Because we have some programming that definitely is income qualified. Um, and those would be our federal programs. Um, but just because, you know, family might not qualify because of the income levels doesn't mean that we can't still give them um, food assistance. So um, again, there's there are private, you know, funded programs where we have a lot more flexibility to be able to provide families and households with food assistance. Um, but then obviously then we have, you know, some of our senior food programs, our SNAP program, um, those are, you know, income eligibles, you know, income levels that are set by the government. 
Okay. All right. Thank you. That's helpful. So you, again, you've mentioned over 1300 programs. So I'm assuming that all of those aren't just food and grocery. So what other kinds of services do you offer? Sure. Well, as I had um, stated, you know, the the kind of the bread and butter of the work that we do um, is, you know, our traditional partners. So your pantries, your soup kitchens, emergency shelters. Um, but we also do have youth programming um, that really tries to um, reach the children throughout the week and on the weekends. So we have um, a before and after school program uh, that we work a lot with um, school districts and other um, before and after school programs such as the boys and girls clubs, um, places like that where we'll offer a warm meal or snack after school. Um, you know, so some of those children that may be going home um, and not sure if they're going to have a meal that night, at least have something um, that they've had after school. Um, I don't know about you, but I, you know, my, I have an 11 year old son who, um, rampages the uh, pantry as soon as he comes home from school. So, um, you know, we want to make sure they have something, um, in their bellies when they go home. Um, but then another program that piggybacks off of that would be our backpack program where either on a Thursday or a Friday, we'll go ahead and provide a backpack full of food, um, for that child to go home with, um, to help get them through that weekend. Um, and because we recognize that if that child is hungry, um, then their family members are probably hungry too. Um, we've really been trying to expand into um, school pantries. Um, so those that are doing backpack programs are expanding into what we call school pantries. Um, the convenience of that is that the pantry is actually located at the school. Um, so it allows the entire family to do shopping at the school, um, you know, once that child's being picked up. Um, and then we also do summer feeding programs too, uh, that allows us to reach out to like parks and recs throughout the summertime and help um, feed children uh, within the community there. We also have senior programming that provides um, a monthly food box to eligible seniors. Um, we have, it's um, called the, the Pennsylvania Senior Food Box Program um, in conjunction with Hunger Free PA and Pennsylvania Department of Ag um, that allows us to provide a box of food to um, seniors 60 years and older. Um, and then we have a privately funded program called Elder Share, uh, which is very similar, but um, but actually allows us to serve those seniors that may not fall within the income guidelines set forth for the PA Senior Food Box Program. Um, and then we also have mobile distributions. So uh, we have one um, specific mobile distribution that is specifically for the military. So for active and non-active um, veterans, we serve them and their families. Um, typically, you know, one to two times a month. It's a mobile distribution where they'll go to their local um, VFW or American Legion uh, and do a drive-through service of, and, and it's we provide milk, eggs, fresh produce, and um, some shelf-stable um, meal items along with some uh, protein as well. And then also we have a Fresh Express program that um, kind of fills in little pockets of the areas where we may not have brick and mortar facilities uh, and provides uh, fresh produce, again, milk, 
eggs and uh, protein as well. And then lastly, I, you know, did touch base a little bit on the SNAP program, um, but that is also another large program of ours um, that really helps meet the family's needs um, and kind of fill in those um, bits and pieces that they might not be able to get from the pantry, um, you know, whether it be specialized diets for those that might be gluten-free, um, have, you know, di diabetic diets, um, and just need a little bit of extra funds to be able to, to fill those pantry holes that they might, they might um, not get from their traditional facilities. So you're saying that there's some instances where people can get assistance from SNAP as well as from your other programs? Yes, most certainly. I mean, our entire team is trained to ensure that all households are able to take advantage of all of the food assistance programs that are available. So just because you go to a traditional food pantry doesn't mean that you can't get SNAP benefits. It's not one or the other. It's let's see how many food assistance programs we can get you have available for you. So that way you can take the resources um, that are so near and dear and, you know, limited um, and utilize them for other things such as their heating bills or electricity or their mortgage or rent. Okay. Wow. This is amazing information because I did not know that um, all of these options were available. That's great. I do um, just have a um, kind of a couple of follow-up questions. So with the backpacks program, is that something that children can do ongoing or is it kind of a one and done? How, how does that work? Great question. Um, so that back, the backpack program is a typically one time a week and that child is signed up. Once that child signed up, they will receive a backpack every week. Um, some, a, a lot of the pro backpack programs will just run throughout the school year. Some of them will still run, um, you know, in the summer months. Um, but a lot of them will kind of transition more into like a, um, a school pantry model for that summer. For those that may not get the food through the summertime though, we, we do connect them with other brick and mortar facilities. Okay. And it's, again, this is this one, as you can tell, this one's fascinating to me. So the chill, does the, the family go and choose the food or does the kids, how does this work? Sure, sure. So our backpack program is typically pre-packed backpacks. Okay. okay. Um, they are intended to be kind of, you know, child-friendly. So we're talking about more individual sized servings, um, your pop top can. So it's easy enough for them to be able to open the can, you know, put it into, you know, the bowl and, and microwave it um, or those little individual servings of um, the pouches of applesauce or okay. the little individual cups of um, fruits and vegetables. Um, so that's typically what's in those backpacks. Now, there are times that we will try and give them um, like a large box of cereal so that they can share that with the entire family through um, the weekend. And some facilities will throw some extra um, fresh produce in there if they have that available. Okay. And what's the age range that um, would be eligible for the program? Sure. So typically it is throughout, it's within the schools. Um, so it's anywhere, depending on that school district can be anywhere from kindergarten all the way up to um, 12th grade, just all depends on that particular school district and where they um, host those programs. 
And so for the the geography that you cover, do all the schools offer this or just certain schools? No, not all of our school districts throughout our service territory cover um, or do the, the backpack program. Um, we do have some partners that will, um, if they're not doing a backpack program, um, such as um, we have a, a large partner um, with the name of CHOP that's in our Northern um, Territory. And um, it's a childhood hunger outreach program um, is what it stands for. But they actually have been working very closely with school districts that might not have a backpack program um, and then provide them with those services. So they'll, they'll pack the bags, they'll deliver them. Um, and, some, and in some instances, they actually do some um, in-school pantries um, to be able to serve the, the students throughout the day. Okay. Great. All right. Um, just one last um, question. So this is going to um, when you talked about the youth program. So one of the things that we find with our uh, families is that occasionally they will need um, some type of respite, you know, to to run errands, just you know, maybe a little me time or just some sort of respite. So it seems like the the boys and girls club could provide that or after school programs. But do you specifically have any anything that's, you know, specifically for respite, or do you just have other programs that, you know, will occupy children's time and that could then be used as respite for the caregivers? So I would say that our partners are the ones that, you know, would work, um, that would be able to work with your uh, program to be able to set that kind of um, service up for those families. Um, but certainly, you know, some of them do act in that manner. We do work with some partners that um, can provide those services, but it's not something that we would specifically say, oh, if you sign up with, you know, A, B, and C organization, they'll be able to assist you with that. Um, I think we could be able to refer them to a 211 um, to be able to help help kind of guide them in that direction. Okay, thank you. All right, Candy, I'll turn it over to you. Okay, uh, my first question is, can you describe the process of getting food and groceries from your food bank? Sure. Joe, do you st- would you like me to still continue? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did want to point one thing out um, around eligibility. When there's physical food assistance provided, there is no charge for that. So it's really important the families know when Tara referred to being a family being able to leverage their resources in other ways, um, it really helps that there's no charge for the food. Of course, if you receive SNAP benefits, you go to the grocery store, you use those SNAP benefits. But in our physical food assistance, there is no charge to the family. So I just wanted to point that out um, and turn it back to Tara. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Appreciate that. Um, So the process of getting food and and groceries from our food bank. So our facility, um, you know, in the Harrisburg and the Williamsport um, locations are actually more of a warehouse facility. So we don't um, service individuals or households on a regular basis. Um, There are from time to time that we do serve emergency clients, but our goal is when we do receive a call with somebody that has food needs is to find them a partner of ours that they can actually be served on a regular basis. 
Um, so they can kind of build that relationship with that particular partner, get to know them, that partner gets to know what their needs are, um, so that that way they can carry, you know, potentially carry product um, in within their, their, um, their program to be able to better serve those partners. Um, so we would, you know, find out where they're located. Typically we'll ask what their zip code is. Um, and then we look at our database of over 1300 programs. Uh, and then we will try and find the best um, facility that fits their needs. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, they're, all of our partners are opened different days, different times. Um, some of them are just emergencies. Some of them do regular, um, regular services on a weekly basis. So it really depends on, you know, what that household's needs are um, and, you know, and who we will refer them to. Um, once we refer them to that facility, we give them their, you know, their name and their address, and then they can go visit them on the day that they're opened um, and then start receiving food from that particular facility on a regular basis. Okay, so just to make clarify, they do not get the groceries from the warehouse directly unless it's kind of like an emergency situation. Right, exactly, Candy. So um, we are, again, we're a large warehouse um, that, you know, holds you know, bulk items that our partner agencies then order from us and take back to their facility, stock their shelves. And then that's really where kind of the shopping um, for those, those households are done. So those households will visit those facilities um, and do their shopping, you know, for, for their, their family needs. Okay, great. Thank you. And who are the typical, uh, who are the people that are typically coming in through the food banks that you've identified? Sure. I mean, these are the, a lot of them, and I would actually love for Joe to be able to, um, to add to this, but I would say, you know, a lot of the, um, fam folks that we're serving and seeing, um, are working families. Right. Um, but I know Joe, Joe, Joe has a lot of great information yeah. on this. Yeah. I, I did want to share. Well, first of all, it's, it's folks like us, right? So these, mm -hmm. these are all people that, uh, and we really learned in the pandemic that really anybody can be made food insecure pretty pretty quickly. Job loss, you know, so many different reasons, medical situations. We always kind of knew that, but I think a lot of the public didn't really realize just just how quickly a family can can uh, become food insecure. And and certainly the the clients of Ken Connector, you know, we have children coming into a household that doesn't really expect that to happen can be really destabilizing that you you know I'm not telling you anything you don't know um, but the pandemic really brought that home for thousands thousands more Pennsylvanians and really millions of families across the country so really it, it, it really can be anybody um, but uh, mostly it's folks that have been destabilized financially for some reason um, and then all of a sudden can't meet their you know their, their bills. So um, in addition to that, recently we're seeing, you know, the, the cost of living going up for families, right? So, so just everyday typical families uh, trying to make ends meet, finding that, you know, harder. So we are seeing some, some folks, even in this late stage of the pandemic, who just by cost inflation are, are being forced to, to make some tough decisions, right? So we're, we're trying to help with that, make sure that Tara and, and our entire team, all of those pantries and soup kitchens, making sure they're fully stocked with 
with all of the healthy food that's needed to, to serve to serve families. But I think the that's kind of a long answer, but the short answer is um, there are just a lot of kind of typical families now that are are finding you know difficult to make ends meet. That's who we're seeing, you know, on a daily basis. Okay, so you do you oh, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, again, this conversation is so interesting to me, but do you ever encounter with people, you know, any hesitancy, reluctance, maybe shame, guilt, or, or whatever of using these services? And how do you help people overcome that? Yeah, I think, you know, stigma, you know, whether it's sort of self, you know, self-influence, just folks not wanting to reach out for help, or just sort of feeling pressure not to because of the general sort of conversation that gets out there. We, we really try very, very hard. Uh, we have training programs for our partner agencies. So, so really are trying to combat stigma. You know, we, we really want people to reach out. If you need help, um, anybody needs help, but particularly if you have children, um, don't hesitate to reach out. You know, whether it's our number or calling 211 uh, for the broad array of services that are out there, reach out for help. And, and sometimes it takes a little bit of extra work to navigate, uh, particularly in COVID. Um, it's, it's, it, COVID has, like it's done to everybody, has, has really created, you know, communication challenges. But just stick with it. Um, once you get to our team, they're very helpful. They, they will connect you with a local pantry to, to help. Um, but really across the spectrum of family needs, <clears throat> my, my advice would be do not hesitate. Um, one, one maybe silver lining to the pandemic is it really has actually helped with stigma because so many people have been, <clears throat> have been impacted that um, people are feeling a little less hesitant to reach out. Um, and we're encouraging that. Just reach out. Get the help you need. Great. Thank you. Wonderful. You, you had mentioned some of the impacts of COVID, but also with the product shortages that we are facing, is there anything that is impacting um, your processing of that in regards to the product shortages that we're now seeing? And if so, what areas might that be? Well, I would say it, it, it is impacting, but our team is very good. Our food sourcing team, our, our work with our big donor companies uh, we're doing a lot of substitution um, of products to kind of fit people's preferences, um, but we're able to keep up. It's, it's like a, a family, you know, what you're facing at the grocery store. Um, there are some empty shelves, but you figure it out, right? If you have enough, you know, resources to, to do that. And that's what we've been doing. So doing a, a lot of substitution, for instance, some of the canned vegetables are actually hard to get that are staples for families, staples for our, our pantries. Um, but we have produce, we have frozen um, fruits and vegetables. So um, we stock all of that and we just basically pull the different levers where we have availability uh, and we keep the trucks flowing. You know, every single day we have uh, like 26 refrigerated trucks on the road delivering to all those partner agencies, picking up food at our donors. We're buying incredible amounts of food right now. Um, so there are challenges, but we're making it work. So people should not feel like they're uh, not going to be able to get help. They will be able to get help. Um, we're making sure the shelves are stocked here. Great. 
great, thank you. Um, and just to kind of uh, finish up here a little bit, what are three most important things that um, you would recommend to kinship families? I'll, I'll take that and then maybe Tara can add on. First of all, what we already covered, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, the easiest um, call to make, uh, if you can't remember our, our phone number, and if you have access to um, the internet, uh, centralpafoodbank.org, right? If you, if you Google that, you're going to get to us. Um, but uh, 211, so that the broad array of services that people might need, food being one of them, um, 211 uh, is, is going to find us. They're going to find our partners, get you connected. So don't hesitate. Uh, remember those numbers, 211, uh, and reach out. Remember that there's no charge for food assistance, right? There's no siding scales. There's none of that. Remember that this is free assistance. And if you need it, you know, reach out and, and get that. Um, Tara, I don't know if you have any additional items there. No, I mean, a lot of, I would just echo a lot of what you just said, Joe. Um, don't hesitate to reach out and um, and call our team for assistance so that we can walk you through this process. You know, if you've never been through receiving food assistance, um, it can feel um, very intimidating. And I will assure you that your experience, you know, with us and finding that food assistance, um, it will, you know, will make it as easy as possible. Um, and it, we want you to be able to, to utilize all of our services and our team is ready and, and willing and able to, to assist you. You know, Tara, one thought that I had as you and Joe were giving your last thoughts is what is typically the turnaround time for when people contact you for food assistance and when they're able to get food? Great question, Tia Maria, thank you. Um, so when you do call our facility, we do try, you know, we will kind of see where you're at with your um, food assistant needs. Um, and if say, you know, some families will call and um, because they've been waiting, you know, until the, the they just don't wanna make that call and they finally say, oh, okay, I gotta do it. Um, and they may just need food that day. Um, if we don't have a facility opened to be able to serve them, um, we will make sure that they get food. Um, and that's where our emergency services come into play. Um, but we do have a lot of partners that will do emergency services as well. They'll open their doors for family, you know, that needs services that day. Um, and it may not be their regular distribution day. So, um, you know, again, depending on the, um, the partner that we provide them a referral to, they could be served that day, um, that week or, or the following week. Um, so that's for the, the traditional brick and mortar facilities. Um, the SNAP benefits, I do wanna just um, point out is a little different. Um, so it is a process. Um, once that application is submitted, um, and that process, you know, depending on the size of family, um, can take anywhere from, you know, 15, 25 to 45 minutes. That's for a very large family because you have to, you know, put all the family's information in. But um, that can take up to 30 days. 
um, because once the application is submitted, um, you know, there's verification forms that need to be done. Um, there's, you know, a, um, a phone interview, and then um, the, the county assistance office does have up to 30 days to approve or deny the application. Um, and again, that's where our team comes into play, um, where we will assist that household and we will walk them through each and every step um, to receive their SNAP benefits. Terrific. Thank you so much. Well, Joe and Tara, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been such terrific information, wonderful resource that we will definitely uh, refer our families to. Um, and again, thank you for being a guest on the podcast. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure. Okay, Candy, tell our listeners how they can reach us. They can reach us by calling our call support number at one 866 546-2111, or they can reach us on our website at www.kinconnector.org. Great. Thank you, Candy. Okay. We'll see you guys next time.